Welcome to the What The Beep Am I Doing Here podcast, where we talk about all the juicy topics to help you figure that out. You are here to do more than just tick society's boxes. Tune in. You are not alone. Let's figure this crazy life out together. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the podcast. It is January 2021 and this is about are you surviving or are you thriving? I am Rosie, your host, and I'm excited to dive into this with you today because it's something that is really, really close to home for me. So I want to talk about what surviving looks like versus what thriving looks like. And I wouldn't consider myself an expert yet on the thriving part because it's definitely something that I've really stepped into in the last 12 months. I've kind of realized and I feel like I'm at the baby stages again, learning to walk. But I think the first step is recognizing where you actually are. So for me, I spent the first 33 years of my life in survival mode. And survival mode is that you're doing something because if you don't do it, you don't know how you will survive. It is purely coming from a space of if I don't do this, I could, whether it's a reality or not, you're looking at a space of life or death, right? So I want to take you on a journey, I guess, for what that was like for me. So when I was growing up, I grew up in a very, very strict Catholic household. So some of you might say, oh, you know, everyone had a religious parent somewhere. Well, my father was training to be a monk before he met my mother. Then he decided he didn't want to be a monk anymore and then met my mum. So when I talk about religion, I talk about serious, serious, serious stuff. And it's quite common these days for someone to have a child when they are 40 in the 80s when I was born. It wasn't. So my dad was quite what would be considered old by the time I was born. And so he was born in the 40s. So You can imagine, you know, the whole Catholic church and the whole being a monk thing. I literally grew up petrified. I was so scared for my entire childhood. Not so much when my mum was around. I felt a lot safer and able to relax more because she wasn't like a martyr like he was. And he calls himself a recovering Catholic now, which I'm like, oh, good timing. Anyway, I was petrified. I was honestly petrified. If I said the wrong thing, if I did the wrong thing, that God was always watching me and that if I did the wrong thing, I was going to hell. And he would show me pictures of the crucifixion and stuff like that of Jesus and say, you know, those lashes are from your sins. This is when I was four, right? (laughs) This is when I was a tiny little child and just telling me all the wounds that Jesus got when he died was from your sins and he did that because of you and how naughty you are. And I was like, you know, that's the kind of stuff I was told as a kid, right? As a tiny little kid coming into this world. And that was drummed into me. So every night before I went to bed, there was this really big picture of Mary, Mother Mary in our hallway. And we go and we'd kiss her goodnight every night. And it was intense when every Sunday we go to church, I was not allowed to wear pants to church. I was in general, when we were in public, I had to always wear a dress because that's what little girls wear. When I went to church, I had to wear a skirt. I was never allowed to wear pants. It was like a really, really, really big deal uh, when I went for my first communion. So for those of you that aren't Catholic, there's this thing called communion. <laughs> they give you a bit of bread in the form of a little like rice wafer. And they say, you know, the, the bread is a 
God's body or something like that. So your first communion is when you're in year three, roughly at school, and then it's like this big procession. You're dressed in a, in a white outfit, or I, they probably don't do that anymore. But that's what they were doing when I did mine. And the majority of people were like all my friends. They were allowed to get their wafers in their hands, weren't they? They could put their hands out. I had practice sessions at home, and I had to open my mouth and had the wafer put in my mouth because. I could not touch the body of Jesus, which was this rice wafer, right? As I'm saying this now, I'm just like, how you came out of that and were not severely screwed up is beyond me. Struggling to figure out your purpose? I've been there. And lucky for you, I'm a bit of a pro at helping people find theirs. Check out the Work With Me tab on my website, www.rosynerney.com and click on Find My Why. I'd love to connect and help you bring your why into the light. You get the picture, right? I had God drummed into me so much. I was so scared. So my childhood was about surviving. Then when I got to about 12, and I think I still to this day have a problem with authority and people trying to tell me what to do. And I think it's because of the first, well, until my parents split up, which was when I was 14 or nearly 15, I never had a choice in anything. I was constantly had stuff drummed into me. And anytime I tried to break out of that and do things for myself, I was condemned. I was grounded. I was told, you know, how terrible I was, all that kind of stuff when I was just trying to be a kid and have some freedom in my life. And so then once I hit 12, I started to be naughty. I started not, not when I, was, I wasn't wagging school when I was 12. I started wagging school in year 10. But by the time I was 14, I started to get involved in like bad crowds. And so then I was surviving my teenage years. I was surviving trying to get away from my parents. I was surviving trying to deal with this crowd of people that I was hanging around that was all doing drugs and all the wrong things. I was just like surviving. I was never in this space of what is my potential. I was just trying to figure out how to survive, how to get through it, how to be myself. And then I moved out of home when I was 16. I moved to Sydney, shared an apartment with someone got a receptionist job in Sydney. So then I had to survive on like $300 a week. I don't even know how I did that, but I found a way. And that's the thing. I was always finding a way to survive, move back home, finding a way to survive, getting apprenticeship, $200 a week. So finding a way to survive all of that. Then I met someone, get married in that relationship. He's addicted to alcohol. So then I'm surviving that. Then we have children, we separate. Then I'm a single mom and now I've got no money. And now I'm like, now I've got to survive that. I feel exhausted just saying that, right? So it's just this survive, 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 survive. And then broke. And so that's what pushed me to get into my business in direct sales because I was like, I need money to survive. And I am sick and tired of this week to week living. I want lots of money because I am sick of my bank account dictating to me. So that's where I got into that. And so survival has pushed me to do so much of what I've done in my life. And now at 34, I am finally in a space where I don't have to survive anything anymore. I have more than enough money in the bank. I have an amazing business. I have access to beautiful food whenever I want. I don't have to survive anymore. I am surviving very comfortably. I don't have to fight for my survival. I don't have to figure it out. All that is gone. And I'm just like, oh, but... (laughs) Now I'm stepping into this place of, well, if I'm not surviving, then what am I doing? 
if I don't have to survive, if I don't have to hustle for the money, if I don't have to push to try and have this and that and, and have myself safe and have my kids safe and all that kind of stuff, if I'm not pushing myself that, well, what am I actually doing? And this is the transition now where you step into thrive. Okay, so that's what I'm doing now. And it's quite an interesting space when you have been pushing and hustling and trying to keep, you know, I remember keeping myself awake at night and because I had to like build this website and do this and and do all this kind of stuff, like physically pushing my body because I was like, if you don't do this, you're not going to survive. If you don't do this, you're not going to survive. And that story just doesn't cut it anymore. And even with my business and stuff like that, if I've tried to push myself to do stuff, it's like, well, you know, if you don't do it, you're going to be fine. Like I know that that's my truth now. If I actually don't do that, I'm going to be fine. And so I found myself at this stage of my life where I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have to live to survive anymore. Now my job is living to thrive. So what does living to thrive look like? I did a podcast not long ago on a book review the Audacity to be Queen by Jenna DeVee. And that book really helped me realize what it looks like to step in to thrive. And so while I'm doing that, I'm in this stage at the moment where I am transitioning out of survival. And it is intense, (laughs) you know, as is any kind of personal growth. And I've seen my life, like my business and everything has been, it's still been like fantastic, um, but it's not really growing at the rate that I wanted it to. And I know for growth to continue to happen, like what got you to B is not going to get you to C. What got you to C is not going to get you to, you know, F. You have to do the growth if you want to go to that next level. So what what I know up until today is only going to take me to today for me to go to the next level that I want in my personal life, in my business, in my career as a parent, financially, all of it. I have to do more work. I have to develop new skills. And so at the moment, as I am developing new skills, I'm also doing a lot of unlearning as well. So when it comes to my business, and I've really struggled because I'm like, you know, well, I don't have to push myself anymore. Well, if I wasn't pushing myself, what would I do? What would it be like? What does it look like not to push myself? What does business look like when I'm not pushing myself? How does my life look like when I'm not constantly pushing and hustling? What does thriving mean to me? And I wrote down some notes when I was journaling a little while ago on what, you know, thriving looks to me. And thriving to me is actually only working, like physically sitting down at a computer, working for maybe four hours a day. That's all I'm interested in doing. I don't want to do any more of that. I will still have work going on, but I want to outsource the rest. And when I like wrote down all the figures that I would need to pay all the people to help me, I'm like, okay, well, I need to generate more money to be able to do that. So I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like? But I'm really, really conscious of what thriving is to me in all aspects. So this might be the first time you've even thought about this because I know I actually only had the realization when I was talking to my coach about it because I had this moment with my coach where I was like, I think I'm wasting your time and I'm wasting my money because I have you as a business coach, but I'm not like hustling. I'm not like pushing my business. I'm not like setting all these big ginormous goals and trying to like drag myself to them. And I said, I don't know why. I can't understand why. I'm not doing that anymore. And she coached me through it. And it was like, I'm stepping into this space of thrive of, you know, as Gina refers to in her book as queen, where I don't hustle and I don't push. And I step back and I 
have a calmness and a flow and an effortlessness to what I do. And it doesn't have this frantic must survive energy behind it. It has this light, bright, golden energy to it that's just like an uprising and okay, we're thriving and and you can do that without having to survive. I would really invite you to do some journaling on that. Even just get like a journal and have two sides of the page, divide it down the middle and say, what does surviving look like and what does thriving look like? And honestly, I've done a lot of personal development work, right? I've read a lot of books and I continue to do it. And this is the first time I've been doing personal development now for 10 years. And it's the first time that I have actually gone, oh my gosh, I'm not surviving anymore. Now thriving, what does thriving look like? What does it look like on a daily basis? What would I do if I was thriving? not surviving if I didn't have to worry about all that kind of stuff. And it's a really, really interesting space to be in. And I am so grateful. I am so grateful to have this, in inverted commas, problem arise in my 30s. If this is where I'm at in my 30s, if I don't have to survive anymore, because I know people that are in their 70s and they're still trying to figure out how to survive. If I've overcome that and now I can step into thrive, just imagine what the rest of my life is going to be like and imagine the amount of people I'm going to be able to help step into this space. Oh, it's amazing. And and it all comes back to purpose, which is what I talk about all the time. But I would really encourage you to think about what survival is maybe for you and what thriving is. So if you're not checking society's boxes, what does life look like? Well, I'm glad you asked. Come find me on Instagram at Rosie Nerney. And if you're loving the podcast content, please share this podcast and tag me in your stories so I can come and say hi. Thriving for me. I don't have my journal in front of me, but just from memory, I'll say it to you because it makes me feel so good. So it's kind of like I don't need to read it because I know what it is. So this book that was prompting me to write this down said, write down in detailed description your day where you are doing what you want Money is no issue. Everything is exactly how you want it to be. Write down your day. And so I started and I said, you know, I'm living in my beautiful, luxurious oceanfront home. The cracks of light come through the window and my eyes start to open as they shine into my bedroom. And I know that the sun's waking me up to get up. So I get up and I just put a light robe on me because where I live, it doesn't get cold. That, my friends, is thriving in Rosie's world living somewhere where you don't need to own a jumper. Anyway, that's a bit of rant. On to the rest of my story. So light robe, go outside, sit in my meditation space where I'm overlooking the ocean because I have ocean views from my home. And I sit there with the sun welcoming me into the day, do my meditation. And I said, just as I finished my meditation on cue, my husband walks out behind me and puts a cup of tea next to me. And we sit and have a quick chat in the morning. I go back into my beautiful luxury home, which I'm totally unapologetic about either. Then my girls come down and we have a beautiful breakfast together because I have a private chef and I don't have to cook anything anymore. And it's all prepared once a week, get dropped off to our house. And so we all have a beautiful meal together. Then they go to school and then I do some more self-care stuff in the morning, do some meetings that I've got online in my office. And then, you know, I describe what my office looks like. Then I go down to my local cafe, meet a friend, have a coffee, or they have a coffee, I have a tea. And then I come home and I work for like three or four hours just online, doing all the stuff that I need to do, planning events, 
planning speaking things, recording podcasts, all that kind of stuff. And then by 4.30, I'm off. My girls come home and from 4.30 to 7 is family time. And, you know, and then the end of the day, face routine, blah, blah, blah. Even as I say that now, I'm just like, that's thriving. That's what thriving is to me. So that's what I'm working towards. And I'll get it. Everything that I've ever set my mind to that I've wanted, I'll get it. But the thing that's different for me this time is that I'm not going after that from a space of survival. And so I have to learn new ways to get myself up to move towards that. So watch this space. It's going to be interesting. I'll take you along the journey with me. But um, if you are stepping into thriving or maybe you realize you're in surviving, maybe ask what would it take to take me into that thriving space? What do I need to do more of? What do I need to do less of? What do I need to outsource? Just have a think about it because... I think it's a really important thing that we should be talking about because as humans on this planet, we all deserve to be thriving, every single one of us. And it's my mission to help as many people do that as possible because surviving is great, but thriving, that's what we're here for. That's where all the happiness is. That's where all the love is. And that's where we can serve more and help more people. So I hope you liked it. It was a bit of just a a rosy random chat, I guess. But um, I hope it's given you something to think about and I'll catch you on the next episode of the podcast. So guys, shameless plug here because I would love, love, love you to help me help others figure out what the beep they are doing here. Please rate this podcast with five stars wherever you're listening. Thank you so much in advance. I am so grateful for your support.